I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Steel Town Sleepers. I am your host, Tony Squares, joined by the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mr. Chris Dell himself. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is sponsoring this podcast. We are on their YouTube channel, at PG Sports Now, and a part of the North Shore Drive podcast family. And we are dedicated to bringing you the sleepers in your fantasy matchups every week. They're going to help you win your week. Normally, we're breaking down the Steelers game, but since that game already happened, we're diving right into the Sunday slate, giving you quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Dell's even got the winner winner kicker dinner of the week to help you win your fantasy weeks. Dell, we did pretty good some in some places last week. You gave out the tight end one overall in Taysom Hill last week. And that's a guy <laughs> who nobody wanted to start. He finishes the tight end one overall. But I got to say, Dell, I think we got to make a new rule. Okay. Everyone has fantasy positions, quarterback, running back. Uh, Taysom Hill is traditionally in most fantasy spots. He's a tight end. He's listed as a tight end. And obviously, he does so many other things for that team. And I hate him. I hate it so much. I don't hate the person. I hate the fact that I have to go up against a tight end that's now a running back, that's now a wide receiver, that's now a quarterback on some plays. I hate it. So I want to put out a proposal to you, the, the fantasy king that knows all things fantasy. I want to put out a proposal to you that we change Taysom Hill's positional designation to flex. And you can only play him at your flex position if you okay. play him because he's not a tight end. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he wouldn't be a good running back to start. He wouldn't be a good quarterback to start. Uh, yeah. I mean, just a flex. Like just that's a, his position. He can't go anywhere else, but your flex. That's yeah. it. That, that would be interesting to have certain guys in the league that he's the number one guy that qual- qualifies for that. So I, I, I I'm not going to hate against that one. I mean, look, we talked about the upside, the downside is there, too, because he only saw a couple of targets. The big reason mm-hmm. I liked him was because the previous two weeks combined, he was the t- one of the top three tight ends in terms of earning targets overall. But yeah. Juwan Johnson coming back, Juwan Johnson didn't do anything in the box score, but he did make Taysom Hill only run about 50% of the routes. But look, if we're getting the carries, he threw for 44 yards, too. I mean, this, guy's, this guy can score touchdowns in three different ways. Uh, you, you just got I've to – I've got a league where I'm not doing so hot. And Darren Waller's looking like he might go on injured reserve now. I picked yep. up Taysom off waivers last week. And outside of the top four or five guys, I mean, Taysom's the best op- next best option you got. So keep starting Taysom if you got him, most likely. You gave him out again last week as your tight end of the week. He ended up the tight end one. And we did good on a lot of players last week. I'll go through it as we go through the positional rankings. But that is how this show goes. We're called the Steel Town Sleepers for a reason. We're going to tell you players that you should either start or stay away from that are not your Pat Mahomeses of the world. Because if you have guys like that, they're automatically starting. So we're trying to pick guys out in the teens and a little bit lower to tell you this guy's going to do great or this guy you got to stay away from helping you with those start sick questions on the fly. And right away, we're going to dive into the quarterback position this position is very interesting a lot of rookies a lot of no names starting josh dobbs is now a minnesota viking but he ain't playing for them yet there's a lot of uneasiness in the quarterback position especially with all these teams on a buy so dell the first qb of the week who are we giving out and i gotta say we gotta pick our game up because last week 
We usually don't talk about how bad we did, but we got to say QBs were not our strong suit, especially me. I gave out your boy Kenny Pickett last week, and uh, Kenny Pickett finished with less points than uh, uh, Tommy DeVito out of New York, oh, who had gosh. negative eight passing yards. So we got to do better this week on the quarterback position. Who's All the right. first QB you're talking about? All right. Uh, did I give out C.J. Stroud, or who did I give out last you week? You did. You get, uh, I didn't want to bring it up. You gave out C.J. Stroud. <laughs> He got he got there with a rushing touchdown to at least save a, what could have been a really bad day. I don't know what happened yeah. in that matchup. The that's another story for another day. But I'm going back to the well, and this one could be ugly or it could be fantastic, Tony. I'm going back to Mr. Daniel Jones. Oh no, of the big blue, the G man, baby. Give me all the Daniel Jones you got. Why? Oh, no. Because as bad as Daniel Jones has looked this year, he's playing against a defense that might be the worst of them all in the Las Vegas Raiders. This team is absolutely falling apart at the seams. They got rid of their head coach. They got rid of their general manager. They benched a quarterback. They're paying $300 million a year to. I mean, at, at, at what point does uh, Jimmy Jimmy G just hang them up and go start modeling for some type of Playboy magazine or something like that? I don't know. We, we could do a whole other off-sports topic about that in a podcast. But, no, look, Daniel Jones, again, he's going to run the ball. He's already been fully cleared for contact. I'm not worried about him being limited at all this uh, this week coming up. The matchup is great. The game total is solid here in the mid-40s as well. And this is a team in Las Vegas that they they can pass rush a little bit, but they're not good at stopping the run, and they're not no. good at stopping the pass. We saw Jared Goff throw all over them last week as well. And Daniel Jones was the quarterback number one overall in week two against, against Arizona. I just want to highlight the other games that he played because – Week one against Dallas, the Giants just got the blows, uh, the doors blown off of them. Yep. 40 to zero. He only played essentially one half. Then week three, San Francisco pretty much did the same thing. So we've only seen really two or three games out of Daniel Jones being fully healthy this year. We saw him rush 10 times for 66 yards back in week four against Seattle, 59 rushing yards in week two, 43 rushing yards in week one. I think Brian Dayball can get at least something together here. I think Jalen Hyatt's due for a long touchdown in this game as well. Yeah, so he that's where I'm at. Like last week, he's due yeah. for something. Dell, I want to interrupt yeah. you, though, because you yeah. brought up they are going up against the Raiders, and it's a terrible defense. But there is that news that they have a new coach now. Antonio Pierce is their new head coach, and we've seen the interim bump. We've seen the time when the old regime goes out the door and the new regime's here. They put a basketball hoop in the locker room. We got video of Devontae Adams playing one-on-one in the locker room with a basketball, all smiles. Could this team come out and really surprise some people in this game against the Giants team? That that stinks. The Giants is not are not very no. good, especially along the O-line, though. We worried yeah. that this interim bump kind of ruins your Danny Dimes hopes here. I want the Raiders to be competitive in this game because the more back and forth we get, the more t- times that Daniel Jones is going to need to drop back, scramble, pass the ball. Again, it could be ugly. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win this game. But, again, out of all the guys we're talking about outside the top seven, eight quarterbacks, I mean – who are we looking at? But I mean, Tony, at this point in the year, you know, last week we talked about there was a top four. Now there's a top yeah. five with Joe Burrow healthy. I put him in that elite class yeah. of quarterback. If you have anyone outside that top five now with Burrow included, you're you're not confident in your weekly starter. I don't care if it's Justin Herbert. I don't care if yeah. it's Jared Goff. I mean, I'm not fully trusting oh, I'm confident Jared if it's Goffert. Justin Herbert. Get out of here, Dell. Uh, get out of here, Dell. Okay. So, so Danny Dabbs is your guy. Yeah. Danny Dabbs is your guy. I'm going to give you a guy. I, I, I could wait. Five, six quarterbacks down the line to save this dude because normally Dell goes first and he might steal the dude I want to talk about. Dell's never going to give out this dude because he hates his guts. And we're okay. going off of that Raiders team that uh, that let everyone go. That old regime's gone. That old regime that sent out Chandler Jones, that sent out all the Darren Waller. They also sent out 
your boy Derek Carr, who came out last week just slinging the ball yeah. deep, throwing it over the top of this Colts defense over and over and over again. He even had balls that hit Chris Olave in the helmet for a 40-yard touchdown That's that didn't get caught. Would have brought him up even higher. He now plays Chicago, who stupidly traded for Montez Sweat. We're not sure how much Montez oh Sweat even plays this week, but now... Terrible Chicago, trip. who is a bottom three passing defense in the league. We saw what Justin Herbert could do against them last week. And Herbert kind of, they took the, the they stepped off the gas a little bit later in that game. New Orleans, in my opinion, is a worse team than Los Angeles. So this might be a closer game. And I think Derek Carr just comes out and does it again. I think he lights up the world because McDaniels is going to be on his couch watching this game. And Derek Carr is going to come out and say, I told you so. I was better than you thought I was. And this is me still playing in the NFL and you're not in the league anymore. This is a Derek Carr show off game. I'm all about it. Uh, Dell, your second quarterback we want to talk about. The past attempts are there for Derek Carr. If he's throwing the ball 30, 40 plus times a game, he's going to get there for you, even if it's just around a borderline top 10 performance. He's been cons consistent in the fantasy box scores as well. So I'm not going to hate on that play at all. Plus, uh, is there a better check down running back this year than Alvin Kamara? He's unbelievable this year. Yeah, well, it's a criticism of Carr is that he's yes. he's, he's afraid to take those shots. But with the way Rashid Shahid's been playing down the field, and um, again, it's unreal. Like, if, if Olave gets that long touchdown, we're not going to put that pass on Carr. That was just that was just a blip on Olave's radar there. So again, Him in the helmet. Yeah, the upside is there. The Bears defense been playing a little better as of late, but nothing to write home about. Yeah. I'm actually going to go a couple spots higher. I've got Carr around the QB 15 range this week. One spot ahead of him, actually, I have a new starting quarterback. We don't know if it's going to be a one-week thing or if it's going to be a full-season thing for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to Taylor Heineke, right? I got him at QB 14 overall this week. That's six spots ahead. Consensus yep. has him at QB 20 overall. We saw Justin about one half of football last week coming in to fill in for yep. Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke looked pretty good, 12 of 21 uh, 175 yards overall and a passing touchdown. He also has a little bit of kind of underrated wheels, ran the ball two times for 14 yep, yards. Absolutely. We've seen him scramble for touchdowns in the past as well. Now, look, the, my one big criticism about Taylor Heineke is uh, I hate that I call him hospital ball Heineke, Tony, because yep. he throws up these – I've seen him get Terry McLaurin hurt on multiple yep. occasions in the past when he played for Washington, and I'm not even kidding when I say that. He, he literally puts his rece receivers in dangerous situations. In this case, however, the Vikings are very good against the run, but they can be passed on. They're a pass funnel type of defense. So I expect the Falcons to struggle again. They've been struggling quite a bit this year trying to run the football. It doesn't seem yeah. like that's working. They need a pure pocket type of uh, passing quarterback compared to what Desmond Ritter's shown them uh, in this game. So again, Drake London might not play. I expect Kyle Pitts to get a lot of targets in this game with Heineke under center. So again, it, this might be an ugly game here. But I think by default, the Falcons are going to need to throw the ball a ton, and Heineke can I'm definitely get there for you as a streaming option. I'm with you, buddy. And I got I'll be talking about the Falcons later on in this show. I, I had Heineke on my short list. He didn't make it quite make it, but I'm I, I'm right there with you. I believe he was fourth in the league in air yards last week. Again, they were coming back in that game, very positive game script. But uh I really like Heineke in this offense and Arthur Smith uh, showed his butt in the past week. A week ago, he was saying anyone who hates on Desmond Ritter is part of some sort of toxic group think that doesn't watch the film. And then a week later, he's sitting Desmond Ritter for Taylor Heineke. So <laughs> one of us was right and one of us was wrong, Arthur. I wonder who that is. The second quarterback I want to give up before we get to Dell's bust of the week is my favorite boy, my favorite young, young, little, young, little rascal. 
had an awful game last week. We're bouncing back this week. Do you know in the last three weeks who gives up the most passing yards as a defense? It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going with C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans at home to rebound after an awful game against Carolina. Houston looked terrible. There's nothing I can tell you to say like, oh, well, maybe it was this wrong or that wrong or they're getting this player back. No, no, no. They were terrible all over the place and they need to pick things up. I believe they will. I think Tampa is on their way down. And I think Houston is really trying to contend for a late season push to get into the wild card here. And this is a game they need to win in order to do so. And I think they do that on the arm of C.J. Stroud. Love my boy this week. I think he has a big, big bounce back week. I think you can start C.J. Stroud in most leagues over most players. So C.J. is my QB too. Dell, your bust of the week. Yeah, so I could go a little bit further down the board, but I'm going to talk about a guy that's ranked inside the top 10. He's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback all year. And on paper, it looks like, hey, you know, we're going to get a big shootout here. There's going to be a lot of points. But my bust of the week, I believe this is the second time, second straight week I've done this. And last week, it didn't necessarily work out. But I, I have my expectations lowered a bit in fantasy for Tua Tugavailoa this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot Chiefs. believe you're going yeah. back to I'm, it. I'm, go, I'm going back to it because I could say Geno Smith, you know, he's been yeah. a middling quarterback all year. He's facing the Ravens, okay, just because I'm a few spots lower than him. What does that really mean at the end of the day? I don't think many people are starting Geno Smith, but you could have a decision where you're looking to start, who am I going to start between Jared Goff and Tua Tugavailoa? And obviously, like, that type of quarterback in Jared Goff this week you know, he's not playing, but I think that he's the type of quarterback where if it's C.J. Stroud or Tua, I might lean C.J. Stroud's direction this mm. week. Justin Herbert mm. versus Tua. Dak Prescott versus Tua. I, mm. I would love to talk about Dak, but he's he's ranked in that top six, seven range, so I'm not counting him as a sleeper anymore. I yep. think Dak should have a great week, and I would absolutely play Dak over a Tua Tugavailoa this week. The Chiefs have been the hardest defensive matchup for opposing fantasy quarterbacks so far this season I mean they held even though they lost last week they held Russell Wilson to about 115 yards overall this defense has been stout all season quarterbacks facing the Chiefs have scored three plus points fewer per game on average that's a 22.2 point differential compared to the average so for me slightly lowered expectations for Tua I'm not going to outright bench him but I do believe he has a down week last week the Patriots couldn't do it. They they really missed the uh, Christian Gonzalez, who they had in that first matchup against Miami, yeah. which is why I think Tua exceeded expectations there. But I'm expecting a down game from Tua here in Week Nine. Well, going back to the well, man, he may, he he put your foot in your mouth last week. Let's see if he does it this week. It's also in Germany. I never know how those games go on with the uh, uh, international games, but that's it for the quarterback position. Let's move on to the running backs. Where I gotta say, Dell. You crushed it last week with these running backs. All three of the running backs you gave out, Javante Williams, RB8. Kareem Hunt, RB13. Pierre Strong was your stash of the week. He finishes RB24. You killed it with the running backs last week. And I, I will say this, I told you guys to sit Tony Pollard. And everyone's like, Tony Pollard, he's an RB1 all the time. He yeah. was not last week, finishes RB32 in standard scoring. So I got to say, I might have another sell this week. You might want to listen to, but Dell, yes. the first running back we're talking about, who do we have? Yeah, it's a guy I talked about a few times this year. I really like Isaiah Pacheco, going back to the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs game here. 51-point total. Look, now the one thing that you can rely on is that is that te teams are going to have success offensively, whether it's running or throwing the ball against this Miami Dolphins defense here. This is the eighth best matchup in terms of opposing fantasy points allowed. Two running backs this year, that's a 13% per game average increase compared to running backs that they faced throughout the season so far. So again, Pacheco, we're seeing 
career highs in usage, running the routes. He's playing majority of the third downs, a no-huddle offense. He's not going to be out there for 100% of the snaps, but he's explosive. And I believe in this game, against highest point total on the slate here. I think the Chiefs are going to need to rely on their running game a little bit in this game in order to try to keep Tyreek Hill off the field. So I do like Pacheco slightly higher than consensus this week. I've got him as my RB7. The average ranking right now for him is RB11. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I was looking at Pacheco. I definitely was. Uh, I think that's a big day. Big day for him as well. This running back has uh, been the bane of my existence, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But I do think this running back this week, you got to start him, and it could be the week, uh, the end-all, be-all for this guy because this guy should be an RB1 for his team, but for whatever reason, the team does not hand off the ball to him, especially in the red zone, and they just signed a dude to replace another running back in the backfield, but I don't believe it's going to come in time for this week. It's James Cook of the Buffalo Bills against your Cincinnati Bengals, Mr. Dell. Uh, The Bengals, I've gone against them almost weekly with the running back because they keep on letting up big fantasy days to running backs. Even in the San Francisco game, of course, it's Christian McCaffrey, but these guys are ripping off long runs, especially catching the ball out of the backfield, which James Cook is really good at in this Buffalo offense. Buffalo needs to figure some things out. Cincinnati is hot. On the offensive side, they finally figured things out, especially passing the ball. So I do believe Buffalo is going to come in and try to play a little mind games, try to play a little uh, uh, keep the ball possession game and run the ball down Cincinnati's throats in order to keep their defense off of the field. And I think James Cook is going to be a huge part of that. I also think Leonard Fournette will not have a huge role in this first game here. He signed onto the team midweek. He's still technically on the practice squad, so it's unknown how much he's going to have in this game. And they signed Leonard Fournette to not replace James Cook. They signed him because Latavius Murray cannot do anything at the goal line. It's mind-boggling to me that they kept handing the ball off to Latavius Murray. It's obvious that Buffalo has lost faith in Latavius Murray. Leonard Fournette will take that role eventually, but I think this week that role will belong a little bit more to James Cook. I think he has a huge volume output in this game, and I love the play. James Cook is my first RB I want to talk about this week. Book it, Dano, and it might be because I have him in a few leagues as well that I'm putting him down here. But Dell, your second running back. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit low on uh, a couple guys this week, and I, I, you bet, I wanna... you better not take the guy I'm about to take. Because okay, I, so, I, I I did not say a certain dude because I assumed there's no way Dell sells this guy, but you're starting off selling. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. Honestly, this is a tough one for me because I I love the player, but I'm not trusting the health and the way the coaches are oh. using him right now. It, it's okay. it, it's your boy Aaron Jones for the Green Bay oh. Packers, man. Yeah, you know, sell any Packer out there. Yeah, I mean, but look. He, he, the thing is, he's ranked as a top 20 running back weekly. And, and across the different leagues I'm in, I don't see him on anyone's bench. They're rolling him out there every single week to start him. And look, you know, we're uncertain about the uh, the quarterback situation with Matthew Stafford in L.A. for this week. But at yeah. the same time, the Rams have had a halfway decent run defense. I mean, they could at least contain Tony Pollard in that blowout game and the Cowboys that you just mentioned in the last one. So I, I think overall that he's a guy here that we're looking at. They're at home, but – 
how much are they actually going to use him? He's been wearing a non-contact jersey all week in practice, and, and they've been a little bit coy in terms of how that hamstring injury they gave they gave him such a big workload in week one, and he's been back for multiple weeks now. We haven't seen him. They're giving all these early down carries to AJ Dillon, so. I love the talent and I love the player, but he hasn't had more. He has not had double digit carries in a single game all year and five targets each of the last two weeks. That's just not enough when you're playing for a quarterback like Jordan Love in this offense, when the Packers are essentially being projected for somewhere between 16 to 17 points almost every week at most. So I got to be down on my boy, Aaron Jones. I wish he'd get 20 plus touches a game. If he's not healthy, don't put him out there. I don't know what Green Bay is doing with this situation right now. I'm right there with you, man. I do not understand the situation at all. Green Bay has been very weird with injuries the past two years. David Bakhtiari has played, and then he hasn't played because of injuries. And Aaron Jones is the same way, man. If he's not healthy, you don't dress him. And I understand they need him because he's the only real X factor on that offense at all. And you saw what he could do in week one. He really won that game against Chicago with how many splash plays he had. And A.J. Dillon ain't it. And this offensive line ain't it. If you take away Jordan Love's rushing yards, the Green Bay offense, even with Aaron Jones' Chicago game, is averaging 3.3 yards per carry. This run offense stinks. And I'm right there with you. It's sad. It's sad to see Aaron Jones last year as a Green Bay Packer end this way, but that is what's happening. The second running back I want to bring up, though, Dell is a guy that you love. You absolutely love this man. And I love him, too, but I hate the matchup. It's DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles. I am selling him this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's defense does really, really well against the run, unless your name is Christian McCaffrey. Dallas's defense has really stuffed some people, and I think this is the type of game where it's going to be every play is such a huge, pivotal play. These two teams love fighting with each other. It's going to be on your television. Everyone's going to be watching this game, and every play is going to be dissected by the end of it, so much so that I think these coaches are going to overthink a little bit, and I think we're going to see a little bit more Kenneth Gainwell. I think we're going to see a little bit more of uh, random plays out the backfield. It's not just going to be the DeAndre Swift show when it comes to running the football, and Swift, who has gotten the big volume in this Philadelphia rushing offense, I don't think he has a huge day. He got if you started him last week, you got very lucky that they had that fake tush push play for an end around touchdown. Otherwise, it's another bad week for DeAndre Swift, and he's busted two out of the last three weeks, if that's the case. I really don't think it's a good week to play DeAndre Swift yeah. against this team. It's going to be tough because you probably don't have a guy on the bench that you want to start over DeAndre Swift. But for me, I'm not playing him and I'm selling him. And again, I just want to bring it up. I told you to sell Tony Pollard last week, and I was correct. I think I got a nose for this. The big nose is good for something, and it's me selling DeAndre Swift on this week. But, Dell, you want another stash. Again, you stashed PJ, uh, Pierre Strong last week out of uh, Cleveland and killed it. So who's your stash of the week for the running back position this week? Yeah, so I'm going to stick to guys that are owned in less than 50% of ESPN leagues. And, look, depending on what size league you're in, if you're in a 10-team league, I think these guys – more likely than not, could be available on your waiver wire right now. One guy that almost made my uh, my love list for my favorite guys this week is Chuba Hubbard for the Carolina yes. Panthers. I mean, yes. it, 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 you might not have seen it because the box score wasn't there, but he had 15-plus touches, played almost 90% of the snaps overall. Miles Sanders actually ran as the third-string running back in that game for Carolina, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be pretty every week, but he's going to get the usage and the volumes. I don't think yeah. he should be on waivers, and just – this is a new thing that came up today, but Damian Pierce, there's been rumors now that he might not play this week because of an ankle injury. He's yet to practice, and Devin Singletary, another running back, I believe that if Pierce is out, he could see northward of 50 
20 plus touches. You know, the matchup mm. isn't so great against Tampa. However, I think Devin Singletary and Chuba Hubbard, I would prioritize Chuba first. If he's available, I think he should be owned in way more than 50% of leagues right now, given that it's looking like he's going to be 15, 20 plus touches, not just this week and week nine, but for the rest of the year for an improving offense and quarterback in Carolina as well. They had a huge improvement coming off of the bye against Houston, and Houston's defense has been playing okay. They aren't they aren't world beaters, but they've been tough to beat, especially for a Carolina team that looked lost. And they they did pretty well. I had a lot of faith after that Carolina game, and I'm right there with you. I cannot believe that Hubbard is not owned in that many leagues yet because he should be. You're absolutely right. He's a starting running back in the NFL. He's, he's right below the 50 percent mark. And if you got to dig any deeper, one guy that should not be on waivers: Zach Charbonnet in Seattle. Make sure oh, he's yeah. at least on your bench. Oh, yeah. Dell, let's move on, though, to the wide receiver position. And I patted you on the back for your running backs last week. It's time to pat myself on the back because I had this Philadelphia-Washington game uh, nailed on ahead. I mean, I told you A.J. Brown, you know, might not do as well as he did last time. I was wrong there. But I told you to buy Devonta Smith and buy Terry McLaurin. That's the wide receiver 8 and wide receiver 15 from last week. I was right on the money there. And I think I got another matchup problem with my wide receiver this week involving a few guys who used to play together. We'll put it that way. That'll be my little sprinkle of, uh, of a cliffhanger there. Dell, the first wide receiver you want to give out. And also, this is your debut at the end of this wide receiver segment of the deep sleeper of the week. We're the Steel Town sleepers, but Dell's going fishing with the deep sleeper of the week. And I don't want to spoil anything either. The second wide receiver I'm going to give out is in the 70s right now on the wide receiver <laughs> rankings. That's how deep I'm going. But yeah. Dell, start us off. First wide receiver, yeah. who you got? Yeah, so I'm going to go to a guy that I, I think should be ranked inside the top 10 this week, but he's actually ranked around wide receiver 20. Uh, the matchup on paper doesn't look great, but it also didn't look good last week, and I, I think eventually he's going to be due for a touchdown given his size, speed, athleticism in the red zone. It's DK Metcalf with the Seattle mm. Seahawks. I got him as a wide receiver 9 overall this week. Uh, he's consent consensus wide receiver 20, so considerably higher on him. Look, Last week, again, the matchup wasn't there. Five catches, 67 yards, you know, average day, maybe a little disappointing. But I'm, ch- I'm, not, I'm not chasing box score production and final stats. I'm chasing the targets. I'm chasing the volume and chasing the role. And what we've seen with DK Metcalf now is three consecutive weeks since coming back from his little blip of an injury, he's seen 23 mm-hmm. targets in his last two games, season high 14 targets against the Cleveland Browns, facing up against Denzel Ward on the other side. So, He's a focal point of this offense here in Seattle, and they're on the road. It's going to be tough to run on Baltimore in this game. I think Geno Smith's going to have to drop back and throw the ball quite a bit. Look at overall usage. This is like a stat, essentially, that's combining air yards, target share, et cetera. DK Metcalf over the last month is the wide receiver two in the league in usage on a week-to-week basis. I think he is a great by low candidate in fantasy as well. He's going to be in all the starting lineups where I have him this week, no matter how tough that matchup look against the Ravens. Okay, I like that. DK, I mean, he's been one of my favorite players to watch. He can kind of explode in his own you know, immatureness over there, but I do think DK's due for a big old game because in my opinion, he can do things that A.J. Brown can do. So he should be putting yeah. up A.J. Brown type numbers, especially in that offense. First receiver I want to give out, and this one hurts. This one hurts me to my soul. It really makes me sad, and I'm kind of scared to give it out, Dell, because I am selling a guy who has saved my fantasy life and has saved many of the fantasy lives of people who have him on their team. And I'm going to whisper it because this is this is this makes me feel bad. But uh, it's Puka Nakua. 
I, uh, I'm selling high on Puka Nakua this week. Puka Chu. Uh, I, I, I would be selling uh, on Cooper Cup as well because this yeah. matchup against my oh. Packers, my Packers stink. My Packers stink, and they just traded away uh, Roz Douglas, the cornerback, so they're starting practice squad guys in the backfield. My Packers stink, but they can get after the quarterback and pressure the quarterback. Kirk Cousins was excellent in the game against Green Bay, and I was watching it with my – pulling my hair out of my head because Kirk Cousins was a split second away from death every single time he threw the ball. And I am worried that an injured Matthew Stafford, or even worse, a Brett Rippon kid who's never looked like an NFL starting quarterback in this league, that offensive line has injuries all over the place and they weren't deep to begin with. They cannot protect the quarterback. Do I think McVay can scheme around that? Absolutely. I love Sean McVay, the coach. I'm a little bit worried that this offense, though, will not be buzzing the way it's normally buzzing, and that will affect the guys like Cooper Cup and especially Puka I'm I'm very worried for the health of the quarterback of the Rams in this game, and I think Puka takes a big hit from it. I'm so so. I mean, you said yourself, this Green Bay team, the sports book projects them to get 17 points a game, and yet they're favored by a field goal in this game, which means yeah. they're expecting the Rams to get 14 points in this game. It's just a low-scoring yeah. affair and a dangerous game for the quarterback. I'm out on Puka, and that's sad. It makes me they're sad. they're they're expecting Brett Rippon probably to start a quarterback in this game. Yeah, and that's yeah. That, that's awful. That's and, and Brett Rippon, believe me, all all quarterbacks can sling it. It's the NFL. These guys are professionals. But in this particular, the one thing Green Bay can do is get after the quarterback, especially with Rashawn Gary now back to full health. They cannot protect the quarterback in Los Angeles on the in in the Rams front line. This is a disastrous matchup for them, and Puka's is going to bear the brunt of it, in my opinion. I've been saying Puka's been a sell high ever since he came on the radar because he's the type of guy where people are going to get fascinated over the role. But at the same time, Cooper Cup was always going to come back. And now you have not only Cooper Cup back, but the fact that the future's getting a little murky. Uh, you know, if they keep losing, how long how long will they keep trotting Stafford out there? They exactly. have a they have a buy next week, which makes you think there's a possibility that Stafford just might get benched to get him 100% right. Coming out of the bye, you figure maybe a couple more weeks to try to yep. win some games. But if they don't do that, how quickly do they pull the plug on Stafford, Cup, Nakua, et cetera? It, and, there, uh, there's a possibility listen, there. There's no promises that Green Bay runs away with this game either. Like, Green Bay stinks. The L.A. could come away with a win here, and suddenly they're fighting for a seven seed with a yeah. healthy Stafford next week. But this game in particular, I'm sitting Puka. Dell, your second wide receiver. Yeah, so uh, there's a couple guys that I like, and you could call them technically both sleepers here, but one guy that I actually like a decent bit this week, and I think it's just by, in terms of him stepping into a role by default in his offense, I love the matchup on paper as well. New England Patriots, man, it's an ugly situation, but I really like the rookie DeMario, quote-unquote, Pop Pop Douglas, baby. I like Pop Douglas here. Look, he he made uh, our top five write-ups in my fantasy follow-up column at Post-Gazette. He was only owning about 20, less than 25% of leagues at the time, 0.2% actually when I wrote that column. He's still owning a very low percentage of leagues. If you need a spot start just for this week, if you need a flex, bar, uh, flex uh, start, uh, spot start, uh, there's a lot of guys with injuries right now. There's a lot of buys going on back in week nine here coming up as well. Demario Douglas, he's going to take over that Kendrick Bourne role. And this mm. is a Washington defense that we knew their secondary was bad they already. They now, they stink, get, now they get rid of their top two pass rushers. We could see like 100 combined pass attempts between Mac Jones <laughs> and Sam Howell in this game. So it's going to be so ugly, bad. but the fantasy points should be there. And Pop Douglas yeah. is a guy who's, again, like we've seen him coming into the combine, 96 percentile burst score, 
80th percentile or better 40-yard dash, 91st percentile college target share, even though he played at a smaller school in Liberty overall. So for me, I want to bet on the unknown. Like, what do we not know? We don't know if Pop Douglas could be a legit starting wide receiver in this league, but I want to bet on that chance until he shows me that he can't be. Why would I want to play a veteran guy like you know a, a Devontae Parker? We know who Devontae no, Parker yeah. is. Yeah. Even looking at, you know, sorry to pick on your Packers here, but even looking at a guy like Romeo Dobbs, like we, we've seen Romeo Dobbs, we know what he is. At least mm-hmm. give me the rookie to find out who he is. Maybe mm-hmm. he could be a wide receiver three in your lineup for the future. And for the future, I think the matchup warrants a possible start here in week nine. So I'm going with Pop Douglas here. The matchup's huge, man. I had, if you had taken CJ Stroud as the quarterback, I was going to try and convince you that Mac Jones was a startable <laughs> quarterback this week because Stems of the it. matchup. And yeah. I'm right there with you on Pop. I, I love that pick by you. But let me go to my deep sleeper of the week at the wide receiver position. And this has to do with Dell's quarterback, Mr. Taylor Heineke himself. Uh, Taylor Heineke came in last week in halftime for Desmond Ritter and started slinging the ball. They were down big in that game. As I said before, he was fourth in the league in air yards per attempt. That means he was throwing the ball long. I don't think they're as they fall behind as much in this game, but I do think they're going to need to throw it to win this game. And because Drake London went down with a little uh, tweak of the uh, of the inner workings of his leg during that game, uh, Drake London was out for most of that game, and it's unsure if he's going to be playing in this game. I can guarantee you, though, he won't be at full hundred uh, percent health in this game. I went back and tracked all of the targets that Taylor Heineke had in that second half. Uh, Van Jefferson killed everyone when it came to targets. Van Jefferson, the new addition, the former Ram, the new addition to this Atlanta team, he had his yeah. highest snap count of his Atlanta tenure in this game. In fact, he caught his first t- uh, not he, he caught so many balls in this game. He beat out all of his stats from the Rams and also yeah. uh he had more snaps than any wide receiver at the position for Atlanta in this game. Not Mac Hollins, not Kaderil Hodge and obviously not injured Drake London. It was Van Jefferson that was wide receiver 1. And if you think Taylor Heineke's going to do anything in this game and he's going to sling it as you said he might throw some hospital passes which is a little worrisome, but if you need a desperate spot start or if you're looking looking for a very cheap guy in a daily fantasy plays as your final flex position. Van Jefferson's the number one option in this offense if Drake London doesn't play. And even if he does play, I like Van even more. I think Van Jefferson, who's wide receiver 79 right now, should be a startable wide receiver this week. That is my deep sleeper of the week. I'm all aboard the Van Jefferson-Taylor Heineke connection. That's something I never thought I would say, Dell. Nothing could go wrong there. Nothing can go wrong there, Tony. <laughs> All right, Dale, your deep sleeper of the week from the wide receiver position. Who is it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, it's a guy that got just a couple spots below Pop Douglas, but I really like Khalil Shakir for the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, we saw what was the biggest implication from Dawson Knox going on injury reserve for the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills, right? They were playing 12 personnel, essentially two tight end sets at one of the highest rates in the league so far this season. However, once Dawson Knox left the lineup, what did we see? Dalton Kincaid used as the primary tight end, which meant they were going to three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel with three receivers and only one tight end on the field. And we saw a huge bump in usage from Khalil Shakir 
in this game. He was one of my top pickups of the week. And again, I, I think this is a guy that's not just a guy to stash on your bench, but who could contribute right away, especially in full PPR leagues where these slot receivers are rewarded with these short intermediate type of layup targets yep. across the field here. And again, like I mentioned some of the measurables for Pop Douglas and Clear Shakir. Some of the deeper, you know, dynasty junkies like myself were a little bit excited about Khalil Shakir last year. Never really got a full opportunity with other veteran slot receivers ahead of him overall. But a career high, six targets this past week, 94 yards overall. He was the wide receiver 24 overall, just in half PPR scoring. Look at what he did in college, 95th percentile college target share. He had a 32.2% college target share at Boise State. So again, you know, better, you know, more competitive than Pop Douglas that we talked about earlier. He's got a little bit of uh, size and speed for being a slot receiver. And in this offense, the Bills are one of the top five offenses in terms of pass rate over expectations in the league. So Gabe Davis on the outside, I think that the knowing the Bengals defense and how Lou Anarumo schemes things up, they're going to try to take away to an extent Gabe Davis in the deep ball, probably add a little extra attention to Steph Diggs. I think Steph Diggs is great. He's always going to get there. But that's going to leave some extra opportunities open for guys like Dalton Kincaid and Khalil Shakir. So I, I think if, you, if you're desperate for a spot in your flex or a wide receiver three or four spot, you could do a lot worse than Khalil Shakir this week. I love it. We're giving you names again, folks, that are off the radar here because we're trying to win you weeks. And this is how you do it. You start the guys that no one else is going to start and you stay away from the studs that people don't expect to fail. That's why we're here for you. But that's all for the wide receivers. Let's jump in to the quick getting tight end position. And again, Dell, we only give out one of these. And last week you gave out the tight end one. So I think we're doing pretty good. Dell, who's your tight end of the week? And if you say Taysom Hill, I'm closing the laptop. <laughs> I think I've said Taysom Hill like three different times this year. It finally worked out for us, finally. But uh, again, this is one where the matchup on paper isn't that great, but the role was absolutely phenomenal last week. He was actually one of the lead guys overall in my fantasy fallout weekly waiver wire column where I talk about top trade targets, top stashes, top, top defensive streamers, et cetera, et cetera. I list 100-plus guys in there every single week. Trey McBride made the list two weeks ago. If you listen, he was at least on your bench for last week. We saw him lead tight ends overall in week eight with 14 targets, 10 catches, 95 yards. Again, this is a very talented player coming out so of the draft so, last year. So, sorry to interrupt you. You're going with Trey McBride again this week? I'm going with Trey McBride again this week. Okay. Yeah. Trey okay. McBride to me, again, the matchup on paper isn't that great against Cleveland. However, you can't deny the role here. And when I'm looking at the rankings overall, he's only being ranked as the tight end 10. I think a lot of people haven't bought in. They're saying, oh, you know, he got there in garbage time because the Cardinals were losing. Now we're going to have a new quarterback under center in Clayton Toon. I'm still willing to roll him out there over guys like, you know, David Njoku, Logan Thomas. I think Trey McBride has a little more upside just based off his athletic profile. So I'm going back to Trey McBride here as my tight end six overall in week nine. Dale, I uh, I didn't plan this. I did not plan this at all. Normally when we do tight ends, uh, when we do the regular positions, I like giving a sell and a buy. So I give people a little taste of both. And the tight end position was tough this week. There's a lot of guys out there that have some interesting matchups and especially the top guys. It's tough to name anyone that, you know, you're going to sell Travis Kelsey or anything like that. But there was one name I saw on there that was pretty high. He was a top 10 ranked tight end. And I could not believe... I think this is recency bias. I could not sell this man fast enough. And it was Trey McBride of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not, this is not a joke. Josh Dobbs threw to tight ends more than anyone in the history of the NFL. And he's no longer the quarterback there. Instead, it is Clayton Toon. You could say that it's part of the offense, sure. 
But even if it is part of the offense, Clayton Toon is coming in to throw against the best man coverage defense, honestly, in the history of the NFL when you look at some statistics with these Cleveland Brown defense. And if you look at how they've performed against tight ends over the past few uh, weeks, Mark Andrews had the best day against them, five receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Dre McBride is not Mark Andrews. And the other tight ends, if you're looking for any other tight end that the Cleveland Browns have played, the best one was last week, Noah Fant, who had two receptions and 32 yards. That's the second best stat line out of anyone who's played the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns from the tight end position. I could not sell Trey McBride fast enough now that Dobbs is no longer there, now that this team is in full-on tank mode waiting for Kyler to return. And it is Clayton freaking tune i don't know how much preseason you watched Dell, but i watched quite a bit and there was no <laughs> chance this tune kid was going to ever see the field and now he's your starter yeah. against again one of the best passing defenses we have ever seen i am worried for the health of that man and i don't think trey mcbride who might be a safety valve for this team he might be the only guy that gets any targets i don't think there's going to be any production there whatsoever i am out on trey mcbride and we are head to head on that, I, my friend. I will say that again, like there's not many great tight ends once you get past the top three or four. Yeah. I, I've got I, I've got a pretty big fade on TJ Hawkinson this week. So mm. again, with the quarterback situation there in Minnesota, I will say, you know, question whether was that Josh Dobbs or was that the scheme that the offensive yes. coordinator yep. is calling plays to the tight ends? And also just look at the matchups for Cleveland that they face. I know you mentioned Mark Andrews, but a lot of those other guys, Noah Fant is like in a three tight end committee. They played the Bengals in week one when the Bengals were all out of sorts. They played the 49ers in that weird type of weather game a few weeks Mm -hmm. back. So they haven't really faced any offenses that actually have tight ends who get consistent volume. And 14 targets for me, no matter what the matchup is, I'm going to go to that more often than not. However, I will agree when you say sell, I am actively trying to trade away Trey McBride to teams in leagues where they need a tight end. Because yes. if you picked up Trey McBride, it's likely you just picked him up to stash him yes. to see what was going to happen. So by all means, try to get the value out of him, although the value could increase in a few weeks when, when Kyler Murray returns too. So it's a little bit of a give and take there. Uh, let's move on now to the defense of the week before we uh, end with winner, winner, kicker, dinner. Dell, last week you gave out the L.A. Chargers against everyone's favorite story but could not play quarterback Tyson Bay. I- I've never yeah. been – more shocked at how many people were like, this Bayesian kid's pretty good. He's not. He is, he's Division two for a reason. Great story. I'm happy his dad's the arm wrestling champion of the world. I'm sure <laughs> I really want this kid to succeed. He's on a terrible offense that he wasn't very good to begin with. Of course he was going to play badly. L.A. Chargers finished as your uh, 12th overall defense. Great pick by you when there were 32 teams playing last week. Who's your defense of the week for this one? Yeah, I mean, I love the Chargers again, but they're getting a little more respect now. Um, so I'll, I'll go a little bit further down the board, a defense that's ranked outside of the consensus top 10, but is firmly within my top 10. And I've been surprised to see how well this defense has played so far this year. It's the New York Giants. Again, I, I, I like the Giants defense here. When you look at what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks, they've been really getting after quarterbacks. They've got some talent in that defense. Yes, I know all the attentions on the offensive line and how, been the, how bad the offense has been yep. as a whole, but Aiden O'Connell was like the ultimate sack machine when he started a couple weeks back against the Chargers too. I think the Giants get after him here. The Giants were able to get after Zach Wilson last week, and I don't think there's much difference at this point between a 2023 Zach Wilson and a newly minted starting quarterback in LA with Aiden O'Connell. So I I like the matchup here. We're going to see an ugly type of grinded out game 
Saquon Barkley's probably going to get northward of 35, 40 touches, the crazy amount he got last week here too. So again, I, I just want to stream my defenses week to week against bad quarterbacks. And look, yep. you've got the Packers going up possibly against Brett Rippon. You know, you've got the Raiders themselves going up against Daniel Jones. There's a lot of low-owned defenses on waivers this week, about seven or eight of them that you can pick up and comfortably stream. So a lot of defense that I like, but I want to highlight the Giants. I've got them as my sixth-ranked defense overall for Week 9. Six? Wow, that's a big one. I will say I, I, I do agree it's going to be a good day for the Giants' defense because, as we know, Josh McDaniels was fired, but also their offensive coordinator was fired. Those are the two top offensive minds in this organization. As bad as they were, now you got to have the third guy in line come in and call all the plays with a rookie QB. I mean, it's it, yeah. it could be chaos back there for Las Vegas, so I'm with you on that one. And also, what hurts a rookie QB more than the Blitz? And nobody blitzes more than Wink Martindale on the New York Giants. I'm with you on that one. But your winner, winner, kicker dinner of the week, Dell. Let's end with a strong one here. Yeah, man. So it's like uh, all the, I feel like all the kickers we've been giving out, they they get removed from our uh, sleeper candidate list because, you know, Brandon Aubrey, Brandon Aubrey is ranked as a weekly top five option the now. Dallas kicker. I mean, you talked about Dustin Hopkins from the Browns, too. It yep. seems that like he's finally getting a little bit of the respect that he deserves now. I want to go a little bit further uh, down the board. However, I think that this is a guy for the Washington Commanders, Joey Sly. Normally, I, I would Joey say Sly. I, I love big play. Uh, I love yeah. Sly. He's, he's got he's got a big leg. We've seen him make big field goals in the past. I've got him as my 18th ranked kicker this week, so nothing to write home about. But the consensus overall has him as the kicker number 25 overall. And with all the injuries that the Patriots have, we talked about maybe we see both these quarterbacks combined for, what, 90, 100-plus pass attempts in this game. They're going to get at least close to the end zone, and I think they'll probably fail at getting in there, which I think could lead to more uh, field goal attempts here. So I'll go Joey Sly as my deep sleeper kicker for Week 9. Absolutely. Sly hit a booming kick last week. I, I, I You said he was kicker 25, and there's only, what, 28 teams this week that are playing? That's ridiculous. Joey he was the, Sly is a yeah. boomer. He was the kicker 10 last week, hit a 61-yarder. That was his only field goal attempt, though. Dell, that was good through 70. That thing yeah. was boomed, man. I'm I'm with you on Joey Sly. I love that. I, I, I'm proud to be the one pod, fantasy podcast out here that represents Joey Sly as our <laughs> winner, winner, kicker dinner. I'm right there with you. But that is it for this week of the Steel Town Sleepers. Dell, another wonderful time talking about the fantasy football world with you again we're sponsored by the pittsburgh post gazette we're on youtube at pg sports now and of course we're part of the north shore drive podcast family give us a like give us a subscribe give us a follow help this show grow and help you win your fantasy leagues week in and week out because that's what we do here dell any parting words before we head off until into the midway point of the regular season I mean, we're, we're almost there. If you're going to make the fantasy championship in your league, we are officially at the midway point here mm -hmm. after week nine. We got 17 weeks of fantasy. If you make it to the end, try to 18. make those trades, Tony, because those trade some people deadlines do 18. are... Uh, just those, yeah. say, some people do 18. Just want to say, just want to put it out there for yeah. the little people that do 18. I do 18, but okay, keep going. Yeah. We, we make those trades now because those trade deadlines are coming up here pretty soon. Try, man, I'm telling even if you're just in the playoff race, trade for David Montgomery, trade for Devon A. Chain. Mm. These injured running backs are coming back in a couple weeks, and I think they're going to smash when they get back into their old role. Mm -hmm. So hit the trade market pretty hard these next couple weeks. I think you'll benefit from it in the end. And that is it, boys and girls. I will talk to you next week, Dell. Have fun with fantasy. And, hey, Trey McBride, we're head-to-head, we're -head, baby. That's going to decide go, this show. <laughs> See you next week.